What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Just Go With It. It's Friday. It's the weekend. It's our favorite day of the week because the whole weekend is ahead of us. It's the weekend eve. How do you feel, Ashley? I am so excited. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any thrilling plans. I feel like we haven't talked in a while. We we took a we took a Tuesday off. Sorry, you guys, if you're waiting with absolutely bated breath, but we did take a week. I've been so busy this week with work, and so we just kind of had to release one episode this Friday, but hopefully you guys weren't too upset. I like how when we're both in the mood to um, accidentally take a day off, we just let it pass by us. <laughs> and then the, neither of us truly outwardly acknowledge it. We just kind of accept it and move on. And we just understand we're on the same page when we're both in the mood to do that. It was kind of like I was really happy vegging out on the couch watching Survivor. But like if you would have called me and said, let's do it, I would have gotten up. But because nobody took initiative, it was kind of like, well. <laughs> and I even texted him and I was like, ah, do you want to? And like no one was enthusiastic. And I was like, well, I'm not enthusiastic. So but that's right. why we're more enthusiastic today. <laughs> it takes two to tango. And I think we did need the week to rejuvenate ourselves. And we're back and better than ever. Back and better than ever. So we wanted to get into The Bachelor this week. Um, We took the week off to not talk about the women tell all because who really cares about that? But this was a Bachelor finale. And then after the final rose, it was a historic moment for the Bachelor franchise. A lot of things that have never been done before, never been talked about before. Um, So we're going to get into that a little bit, talk about our feelings about the ending of this season and what's up for the next seasons, I guess, going on in the next year, which is also historic and new. So my notes for this one, I am so done with this season. I was done, I think, a few episodes ago. So my notes, truthfully, aren't particularly funny. Um, And I I tried and I racked my brain and I got nothing. He is as bland as a like first date that you keep checking your phone to get away from. It's just not just him, the season as a whole. It's just the season. It's unfortunate. And I don't even think COVID has anything to do with it because they really did the most with like the location, the beautiful chateau that they were living in and all of that stuff. But Matt just like is not built for reality television to be the lead. I think like he could have done really well as a contestant on the show probably. But as the lead, he just doesn't have that like spark or even that chaotic energy that Claire Crawley had or that Peter Weber had. Like there's something that the lead has to have to like drive the season and drive people to keep watching. And he was just too nice of a normal guy. Like he just is too average, I guess. Him aside, it might be the dynamic with the rest of the women and or their dynamic with him. There just wasn't enough chemistry anywhere for me to continue being into it. What's that? What'd you say? Their mom looked like a parakeet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong, she was a queen, but... (laughs) So to kick things off, they um, met the family and Michelle was wearing a turtleneck trying to fit in with Matt, evidently. Um, uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's such the same person. It's crazy. Yeah. And I'm curious about what his, I want an after the final rose with his family. I'm curious about what their reaction was after all the racial stuff came out with Rachel. I know. I'm actually really curious about that too. I think they honestly equally loved both of the girls, at least the mom from what I saw. Like she was very open and honest with all their conversations. And I felt like both girls carried themselves really, really well when they were meeting the family and they both spoke really well. And Mm -hmm. you could tell the connections and like the feelings were all there. Whereas like for Peter season, for example, like when you get to the final, it was just all felt very rehearsed. But this one, I felt like there was real connections there on both ends. So I think they did like Rachel and they would have accepted her or Michelle into their family. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So I'm curious about what the reactions were after all this happened. And then Michelle, uh, you can't say that he's your other half when you've spent like six hours with him outside of the dates. 
I'm just. She seemed too level headed. Like she was too good of a head on her shoulders to be falling that madly in love with someone that quickly. Like that just kind of seemed off putting Mm -hmm. because she seems so calm. Like something about her presence. Like I understand why they chose her to be one of the next bachelorettes because she is really like a great girl. Like she seems really well-rounded, great head on her shoulders, ambitious, all that good stuff. But then it's like, how did she just fall so quickly? I don't know. Something was off-putting. Also, yes, she seems very level, very normal, very average in the best way. Very normal. Commoners like you and me. And what I thought was weird, I thought it was sweet that she brought the jersey for him, but that she had one made for herself that said Mrs. whatever his mm-hmm. name is. I, like before the show even started, that was a little weird for me. Yeah, I wonder if the producers were like really pushing for that idea too, because I'm sure they were all over that. If she like brought it up to them, like, yes, we will have the jerseys made up for you. Like finally something good for television. <laughs> also, the brother, when he was talking to Michelle, you looked he looked as if the producers had to beg him to ask her a single question. They were, he was like forcing himself to ask anything and have a conversation with this woman. And then the fact that he was like, Matt hasn't really been in a serious relationship yet. Here he is expecting this to be marriage, basically. Come on, Matt. We should have stopped the episode (laughs) right there. Really? Really, though. It's kind of like the whole season. It was leading up to him being like, I think I'm so ready for an engagement. My wife is in this room. And then like in that very last episode, it all just imploded. Like, even when there was top three and Brie was still there, he was, like, ready to, like, sign himself up for this. And then all of a sudden, he just has one conversation with his mom, and she's like, just because you're in love doesn't mean it's it. And he's like, wait, you're right. (laughs) She can shatter his foundation with these women with such a simple sentence. He was never in the right headspace, I think, to ever do this. And he's never going to be ready. Maybe when he's, like, 36 or something. But he's already, what, 30, practically? And he's... Yeah, isn't that disconcerting? He's like, I thought I was in love, but now what I view as love to be is, like, way different. Like, I define it differently. And it's like, so you're trying to be all mature and stuff, but then you're going to go on this show and, like, you think that's going to be the end all be all for you like it's just very strange and it seems like the thing that broke him was his mom saying i think what the attraction isn't everything or something well obviously (laughs) yeah like newsflash you learn that when you're like 17 buddy and then i think he needs a therapist not chris harrison he (laughs) i'm a big proponent of therapy and i think that he needs to go we love therapy we stand counseling we stand therapy on this podcast ashley and i went to one together a couple's one a couple's session (laughs) once i think it really helped shout out to Catherine at the pepperdine counseling shout out to Catherine. i will never forget also little backstory in college you get so many free sessions and the <laughs> Catherine Abby went to this therapist regularly and her name is Catherine and she was like okay Abby our Love time's her. almost up she like Abby our time's almost up and Abby was like I know and we have 10 minutes till the session ends and she was like no Abby I'm cutting you off after this <laughs> you exceeded your free like, sessions yeah she's like actually like you're gonna have to start paying for them after now I was like wait they cut you off after a certain amount <laughs> I was so um, but anyways, I think he needs to go to a therapist and work through the stuff that happened with his parents and stuff, not just mm-hmm. sit to, with Chris Harrison for 15 minutes and talk about this and then assume yeah. he'll be ready for marriage when that's over. I know. It all just seemed to happen so quickly for him. Like, I think he just panicked and it was like, like he was saying, he's like, we're one day out from the engagement. And it really is crazy. Like, that's kind of why this whole show has been so like successful with the ratings in so many years is because the whole premise of it is honestly so insane. Like, they force people into these engagements and for what how many of them actually are successful pretty much none of them but it's mm-hmm. like what are we even doing what are what is the point after watching this whole season if none of them are staying together anyway 
He wasted all of my time. There's nothing I live for more than the scene where the first person steps out of the limo and you know that they're going to get broken up with. (laughs) I agree. And he was too nice of a guy to let Michelle get all dressed up and then... And then Neil Lane counseling him. Come on. We're just (laughs) really pulling for straws here. And when Neil Neil Lane was like, it's still in my contract. I still better make a a, a sighting in this season. Yeah. When Neil whipped out that ring and he looked like he was breaking out in a sweat mat. In hives. Sweat. Yes. um, Just overseeing the ring, which I do the same. But to be fair, I'm 22 and he's signed up for this. Yeah, he, signed up, he signed up to basically get married so yeah i don't know you had one job matt that's why they hired you <laughs> to be ready for marriage <laughs> yeah um i don't know how he weaseled his way out of that abc contract yeah crazy i think colden really like changed the game when he was like no i'm just gonna date this one girl and they were like what and he was like what <laughs> yeah had that never happened before I don't know, to be honest like i don't know the whole history of the show i mean there's obviously times like didn't juan pablo not pick anyone that was i didn't watch it season I just remember because Claire, they like did a recap for her or something. He like just didn't choose anyone. Or no, that was like so many Brad didn't choose anyone. I don't know. And then he became the bachelor again. <laughs> I get not choosing someone, but the whole I'm just going to date you. It's kind of like in the Hunger Games when they broke all the rules. <laughs> if you're just going to date them, you might as well just have dated the top five and like seen from there and like gone out in the real world and seen what happened. I guess that's what happened with Peter because he ended up with Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, all yeah. holds her off. Another statement for uh, that episode. Well, I guess we have to talk about the after the final rose a little bit, just to touch on it. I skimmed it. I yeah. always skim after the final rose. It's obviously it wasn't the same without Chris Harrison, and whether or not you believe that Chris Harrison should be involved in the franchise or not, he wasn't. That's the reality of it. Chris Harrison wasn't there. It was weird to watch as a Bachelor Stan who's just so used to seeing Chris, but I understand why he wasn't there. And I think all things aside, like, obviously, it was a tough conversation. It was an important conversation. Um, Obviously, there were a lot of awkward points, a lot of awkward silences. So it wasn't like what we're used to with an after the final rose where everyone's just so madly in love and it's all so happy and like somebody got a haircut. Like it was just way more (laughs) serious than what we're used to. Um, And I I did feel bad. I, I think that without all of the racial insensitivity and all of the canceling, all of the issues that Rachel has encountered and brought upon herself. I think that they honestly could have really been in love. Like I believed in their love. Well, like all you could of this tell, stuff aside that happened. Right. Like if that had never happened, I fully believe they would still be together. And like, honestly, like I, I believed it. Like there's a lot of relationships mm-hmm. I didn't believe at the end, like Peter and Maddie and Peter and Hannah Ann, obviously those seemed really fake and forced, but I really believed when Matt and Rachel were together that they had something and that, I had high hopes for them. I did. His beard looks awful. Yeah, I don't know what's up I, with it's, that. I, I'm all there for a beard, but it was too yeah. long. It's a little much. It does remind me of like an NBA player beard. I yeah, like a lot I, of them I, have I thought it. too. That's what he's going for, but he's not an yeah. NBA player. It's very strange. It's a very stark contrast from like the clean cut mat that we've seen for the last month, few months. <laughs> did you see when Rachel was getting confronted? She was basically breaking out in hives. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, had like a patchy red parts on her chest. I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not in the hot seat. Like, <laughs> but I think she handled herself really well. She handled herself with grace and she was really honest. And I don't know how you come back from something like this. Like, I kind of figured they weren't together, obviously, after everything that came out. But I thought maybe, I don't know, that you could like reconcile or like have some conversation, take some time apart and like 
kind of work think towards things together, but I didn't really see that happening for them. Yeah, I just feel like done. it was very clear that Matt was like extremely upset still. Like he barely even looked at her and like he didn't totally. embrace her at all. And I was like, I was shocked Damn. he even took her hand. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you guys were in love. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and then on to the bachelorette. I am not here for the final picks. I think Michelle's boring. I think Katie is boring in a different way. Just, I was she rubs me the wrong comments. way. Yeah, I think both of us, Ashley, would agree. We stand Abigail as the Bachelorette. We, would, we thought she would have been so much better. But honestly... Who was the one who was... I think she's too young for it, but who was the one who was a market, marketing one? She made it pretty far to the Arena. top five. Yeah, I liked her, but I don't think cool. she would have done it. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I was reading some of the comments, like when the Bachelor franchise were posting on Instagram about who the next Bachelorettes were and things, and everyone was so riled about there not being Bachelor in Paradise because I think a lot of people who don't really like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette as separate shows love Paradise mm-hmm. because it is more of like a Love Island situation. And it's just totally. way more like fun to watch. a whole different watch. TV show. It's way more fun to watch. And like, after, especially after you're invested in these schmucks who get broken up with, like now it's just like a big breakup island. Like it just, it, the whole premise is so good. And if they don't do Bachelor in Paradise, I just think they're going to lose a lot of fans and they best to get it together. I think they're going to lose a ton of fans across several reasons. And one is the back-to-back bachelorettes. It's just become one giant drama pot and not in a good way. Not like the fun drama that you like talking about. It's just become all so exhausting. And the franchise is truly imploding. Like there's so many people who have been watching this for years and years and years who are saying like, this is my last season. And why, why shouldn't it be your last season? Like other shows have come up that are so much better and so much more fun to watch. And it just like, it doesn't feel like such a waste of time. I feel like every single Monday night, there's like two hours of my night where I'm like, ugh, I used to love this, but like, here I go sitting down and watching It feels like an obligation. Yeah, because like, I do love the show. And like, I did love the show so much, especially in college when we'd all watch it together. But now it just seems like there's only 30 minutes of good content and like two hours of the time. And it's just like, I can't do it anymore. They need to take some notes from a very long running show, successful reality show called Survivor. Exactly. <laughs> figure out all of that. And they should have Jeff can be the new host, Jeff Probes. <laughs> oh my God. He would revitalize the nation if he was the host. Can you imagine? I think um Ashley and I were talking about this one time that it should be like like a Love Island mixed with Bachelor in Paradise mixed with Survivor. Like they take Bachelor contestants and then put them on the island and you think you're just there to like find love, but then you also have to like build a shelter and like go through challenges. It would be so hilarious. And vote people off. It's like on Disney Channel when they would do all the crossover episodes. (laughs) Totally. Can you imagine if on Bachelor in Paradise, they collectively like as a team more so like Survivor voted people off? And that it would wasn't be so funny and great uh-huh. television. Like I would watch that in a heartbeat. Like we don't like your attitude. Get out of here. Yeah, and the girls are so petty already. Imagine if they got to have a say in like who gets voted off. Totally. Yeah. So all in all, uh, wrapped up another season of The Bachelor. This one is not on my list of top seasons whatsoever. Absolutely Doesn't hold a candle. Not. They until they get a Sean Lowe reincarnate up on the stage, up on the lead cast, then they are not going to have the loyal fans that they have had for so many years. Because I guess there's just not enough good men who want to find love on reality TV. That's what it all comes down to. They should do kind of like remember the Disney games. They should do that with a bunch of bachelor (laughs) couples that are still together. (laughs) 
Totally. That would be really fun. All these spinoff shows. If anyone yeah. is interested, any producers, we have plenty of ideas for you on this yeah, podcast. We shouldn't be handing these out for free. Okay, moving on to bigger and better things. I wanted to bring up the, I know this is a little bit of old news. However, it's something I'm very passionate about, the Free Britney documentary. I obviously knew Britney Spears before this. I knew her music. However, I've never I mean, not her. avidly. Oh, <laughs> um, but I obviously knew her music and all that. But after watching this, if she ever goes mm. back to concerts, if I she know. ever has a residency in Vegas again, I will be there, especially for the Vegas residency. I will be there. I am such a big supporter of her, such a huge fan for everything, all her trials and tribulations that she is going through. Yeah. And you know what's scary is that this was like obviously made into a documentary and brought into light in the past like year or two years to really like champion her rights as a human being, as an artist, like all of that. And there's probably so many artists where this same thing happens to them, but they're just not big enough like for to get people. this kind of attention. Yeah. And like people will do anything for fame and do anything to be successful at a young age when everyone's naive and like it's just kind of scary. The whole industry is scary a little bit. And it was so interesting also that she came from middle and nowhere, small town in the mm-hmm. South to being such a smart, intelligent person who helped to produce all of her own shows and all of her own tours and all of that and music videos to yeah, having, I know, to having her breakdown, which was brought on by a lot of different factors to now being stuck where she is now. And I was doing so much (laughs) background reading on it. And she definitely mentions the fans in different court reports. And she's aware that people are are rooting for her. And she's supporting them rooting for her. I just love how it was like such a conspiracy to like joke about in quarantine. And like uh, people were like dissecting her videos. Like this sign means this. She's wearing this color for this. And then like the documentary came out and everyone was like, holy hell. And then also, this is another huge thing, but I forgot. I don't know if it was Diane Sawyer. I don't remember what interview she was in back in the 2000s, but they are just shredding her to pieces for the type of person she is and just like the Mm -hmm. type of stuff she puts out and content. It wasn't content then, but like it's considered content today. The type of stuff that she was putting out and stuff. And she just seems like she needs help. She's crying. That was a huge part of it, too, that she didn't necessarily break away because she could lose custody of her kids. Which adds a whole factor into this yeah. whole thing. I just can't imagine being thrust into something like that. Like, I would just feel very helpless. And I hope that she knows that we're we're here supporting her. We love you, Brittany. Free Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> She's listening. But this is, yeah, a new cause I'm passionate about. Is there any new causes you're passionate about? No, yeah. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of, like, opinions that have come out since the Megan and Harry Oprah Winfrey interview. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. I don't think I really, like, really need to get into it. I didn't actually watch the interview, uh-huh. but a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it. And I just think it's really funny how invested all of the Americans are in something like this that really like doesn't have a lot to do with us. Like pretty much anything yet. Yeah. We all just like have an opinion that we just need to obsessed. share. It's because everyone's obsessed with Diana. Diana's yeah. really the reason that we are all so obsessed with the monarchy. 
since we're running out of time, I won't dive into it, but just surface level. When I first watched the um, interview with Oprah, also, side note, I miss Oprah interviews. I remember growing up watching Oprah. She had the best stories, celebrities, victims, natural totally. disaster victims, kidnapping victims, all of these excellent stories. And I, she was a cornerstone of what I would watch when I got home from school in elementary school. And I miss totally. her. And I named my fish that I won at the fair after her. I love fish named Oprah because I loved her. She got two and named him Oprah and Gail. Such a queen. Um, and Oprah has a fantastic story. Go read it if anyone has time and doesn't know. But he, the royal family, oh, the whole thing with Meghan Markle, when I first watched it, I completely believed every single word of what was being said. Mm-hmm. And I still do believe her to a degree because then I started reading a bunch of these other articles. One, the thing that I found the greatest fault with is Megan was saying, she's like, when I married this family, I didn't know anything about the royal family. I didn't know, like, about Diana. I didn't know the way the royal family worked. And there's a huge discrepancy that years ago when she originally got married, her very best friend that she grew up with was the maid of honor at her first wedding. Was Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's so excited to be marrying Harry. She always had Princess Diana books. She's always been obsessed with the royal family. She said in an interview (gasps) when she originally married Harry. And she's like, oh, this, Yeah. And that was her best well, friend. Obviously, with anyone, even if you're going on a freaking Tinder date, you still Google them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course, you know who you're marrying into. That one discrepancy made me more skeptical. And I don't know what's going to happen with them next. I mean, they're here in America, obviously. But I hope what happens next with Oprah is that she interviews some more interesting people. I hear that she's coming out with an interview with Chip and Joanna Gaines, which is exciting. Uh, that's not the victims I'm talking about. I want a good story. Want I want something better. I want old Oprah back. I want Oprah from 20 years ago back. Well, she's, uh, she's gone. And yeah. we have new Oprah now. But She's so successful. I didn't realize she was a billionaire. God, she's so successful. I, know, I love Oprah. Insane. I'm such a passionate Oprah fan. Yeah, I'll have to look into some backstory of Oprah later. That's like what I'm going to do with the rest of my evening, I think. <laughs> Raining hours and hours of literature on Oprah and Gail yeah. and whatever her boyfriend's name is. Um, Speaking of literature, we need to talk about the book because we have left you guys on read. But we this month read with you guys who follow along Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And I have some choice words about it. I honestly think it was much more interesting than our previous book that we read, Hmm. which was called This Time Next Year. That was the last one, right? I thought that it was about on the same level for me personally. If I had to rate it on a star, five-star scale, I give it a three-something. And my five-star scale, you get a five if it's a book that I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to read that tonight. Like, I can't wait to continue reading the book. That's a five-star book to me. Yes. And this one I could put down easily. Yeah. I mean, I had a little hard time getting into it. I think in the first half, it was a little bit slow. But then after the Thanksgiving scene, things really picked up for me. Um, I just thought it was a really interesting book because of the perspectives that were involved. Like you kind of got to see multiple characters viewpoints. And I felt like the author did a really good job of describing those perspectives. But Verity, anyone who hasn't like heard anything about this book, I will just read you like a one sentence synopsis of it. So you kind of know like what we're talking about. But basically, the book is about Amira, and she's a 25-year-old Black woman who is working as a babysitter in a white home raising three-year-old Briar. And it's kind of like the dynamics between her and the the young mom who has like maybe like a 10-year age gap between her and Amira, would you say? Something like that? Yeah. It's just like an interesting um, situation. And basically, Amira is out with 
the little girl late at night because she has to be called in to babysit really last minute. And she gets accused of being a kidnapper when she's in like some fancy grocery store, like an Air One situation. Um, and so that kind of spirals a bunch of things that happen in the plot. But it's not all about that one scene. It, it really just is like an examination of this family yeah. and kind of the dynamics that go on and like the ways people talk about race and approach race. And it was really interesting. Like it was really an organic, authentic way to kind of look at a situation like that without it being too polarizing. Like I didn't feel like the author was kind of imposing her own opinions on me. It was kind of just like, here is the situation and like you can make up your own mind about it. And it was really interesting in my opinion. I thought the author did a good job of both viewpoints inside their head thoughts. Yeah. Because they were two extreme different viewpoints. A like 25 year old black woman who was trying to like get her life together because she's out, fresh out of college. And then a right. 35 year old established white mm-hmm. lady with kids. They were so And different. it was also cool, like in a separate note, like not even watching them interact or like their thoughts about each other, but just seeing their own individual lives and like their agency within those and like seeing how um, Alex Chamberlain, the mom, grew to like have this brand and to be basically an influencer yeah. and how she kept that up. That was really interesting, like a behind the scenes of that. I thought that was actually super interesting. I kind of forgot about that. The fact yeah. that she started being an influencer before she, influencers were a thing mm-hmm. with her brand and she started building a brand. And it was interesting how after she had built that brand, she still viewed it as like a silly little brand, even though mm-hmm. that was her career. And I was like, do other influencers feel that way? I, I thought that was that interesting. Too. She kind of reminded me of Lauren Everett Bostick in her Skinny really? Confidential yeah. blog because before influencing was really a thing, Lauren was doing that blog and like mm-hmm. that was the way. And then she kind of really pivoted with like social media and evolved with that because if you don't, then you'll become irrelevant real quick. But that's kind of what it reminded me of with Alex Chamberlain. And then also I really actually did enjoy like the love story and like the perspective of Amira, the lead when she was falling in love with Kelly Copeland and like Mm -hmm. how they had a seven year age gap and like the dynamic of how that looked and like how he would interact with her friends. Like that was all very interesting and relatable because that's like kind of the age that we're at. And I imagined like if one of us was dating someone who is like somewhat significantly older, like what the heck would all of us do and like how that dynamic would work. Yeah. (laughs) It would be hilarious, I think. <laughs> um, and then I also liked the way Alex Chamberlain, they presented her as still being young. Like she was someone that I felt like I could sit down and have a conversation with, yet she was also a mom. And the mm-hmm. way she interacted with her kids was interesting because she, I think, felt like she had this life that was bigger than her kids and raising them. Yeah. And I thought that was all really interesting. Yeah, and seeing her and like the role that she and her husband took inside the home to raise the kids, like, it really just did feel like you were taking a look inside someone's life and which is what I liked. Like it didn't feel like a plot that was trying too hard or like it was pushing it along. It was kind of like, this is what's going on. And these are these real people. And I felt like they really were real people. Are you thinking about them still on your day to day? Sometimes I do. I, yeah, I get really <laughs> attached to book characters. It's really hard for me to like go from book to book. Like I would watch a movie every other hour. But for books, like I really have to sit and like ponder and think about the lives of these people. But you know, one, one thing I didn't like about it was at the end, they kind of like the author, um, Kylie Reed wrapped up their lives in such a short little chapter you know it was like Mm -hmm. and then this is like you take a glimpse into this one year of all of these people's lives and then it was like okay here's the next 10 years like this is what happened to everyone and I was like oh I was content with Amira's life 
wrap up. I feel like she talked about it more. Did she even talk about Alex's wife or life wrap up at all? A little bit. Oh, and there was that twist at the end where you find out that Alex was kind of a liar to herself. Do you remember? No. Oh my gosh, come on. Okay, so she was three weeks ago. What happened? Yeah, sorry. Well, basically, the whole thing is that in addition to like this examination of race and looking at how the dynamics are in this family where she's the babysitter, she, the boy that she's dating that is much older. Sorry, he's a man, not a boy. My boss told me today that if a man is over 25, like I need to start, stop calling them boys, that they're men. Oh. <laughs> um, so this man that she's dating was the ex-boyfriend of the woman she worked for back in high school. And yeah. it was like their first love and they had this huge, horrible breakup and like all this stuff happened. Um, but I mean, everyone, like, it's hard to get over your first love. Like that's something that like sits with you forever. So obviously it was really touchy when she brings her ex-boyfriend into the dynamic as well. Um, but basically at the end, she hates this ex-boyfriend because he broke up with her, but he also like betrayed her trust the whole time. You think that he showed a private letter that she gave him about their first time having sex to some popular kid in high school to like look cool. And that's what she tells you. And that's what you think the whole time. But then at the end of the book, she is oh. cleaning out the lockers at graduation and finds out that the note that she gave actually just slipped through the cracks into the popular kid's locker. And that Kelly did not betray her trust and give away the letter the whole time. But then she still chose to hate him and not believe that was happened because it was easier for her to hate him mm-hmm. and harness that hate than it was for her to just say, he broke up with me and like, that's all. And he didn't actually do anything to wrong me. So she just harnessed that anger and that grudge and just kept it. And I was like, wow, like what kind of life do you have to live to like forgiveness is like for yourself. It's not even for the other person, like for yourself of that girl. I don't know. I also thought it was interesting how she 1000% yes, create your own reality, but she created her own reality based off a bunch of lies about what happened in her life. She was like, no, this is it. This is down to changing her name. She's like, no, this is literally it. It's something totally different than everything that actually happened. Yes, I remember all that now. And then... So that was a big deal. I wish I had put two and two together earlier in the book because you know in the beginning, since the beginning that she became an influencer off of writing letters and then Mm -hmm. Kelly always talked about how his girlfriend would write him letters. I wish I had put it together earlier that that was that. Usually I pick that stuff up. Yeah, I also didn't put it together, but I think I wasn't trying hard enough because like I said, the first half of the book is a little bit slow. But I would recommend it. I think I enjoyed it more than you're saying that you do. Um, I so read a lot. Actually, gives it a three. <laughs> I probably would give it like a three and a half or maybe even a four. Like I just thought it was something different from what I normally read, which was refreshing. And I would recommend it to anyone who is in our young 20 bracket that we preach to because there's a lot of things that are super relatable between her and her friends and like just figuring life out in your 20s. So it's honestly like very on brand for this podcast as well. They should sponsor us. Um, okay, moving Please, forward. Anyone. Moving forward, next on the itinerary. What's next on the itinerary? <laughs> well, we should announce what our next book is. Oh, yes. Um, drum roll. What's our next book? I <laughs> didn't we decide on You Are a Badass? It's a self-help book. Oh, yes, yes. That is our next book. You Are a Badass. Um, Adam, our guest from the last episode, recommended it. And I've been hearing about this book for years, really. Yes, it's all over the internet. All of the people trying to better themselves on TikTok, on the internet. Every single person is like, got to read this book. Um, and so we're switching genres from fun fictional stories to you are a badass and I think it's going to be really great and I think it'll be really fun to discuss that on this podcast for anyone who doesn't necessarily like reading or doesn't have the time or whatever 
totally, because we could probably just have really valuable discussions based off of that book. Abby nodded her head yes. She didn't say a word, but yes. <laughs> she agrees. Is that any more announcements? That would have been a good podcast name, Morning yeah, Announcements. And it comes out in the morning time, and it's a wrap-up of the pop culture for the week, and it's called Morning Announcements. That's called the morning toast, and they already do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Morning Announcements is better in some ways. <laughs> Every day, you guys, every day, Ashley and I come up with a better name, a more catchy name, a more clever name Mm -hmm. for this podcast. And it kills us all the time because honestly, just go with it. It makes a lot of sense for like the content and the message we're trying to put out there. But like we thought of Say Less the other day. Say Less is my favorite by far. Or Almost Famous. Or Almost Famous. And there was another one I can't remember that we also loved. And I was like, damn Mm -hmm. it all. Anyway, When we were trying to brainstorm the best we could come up with aside from just go with it was like shut up and listen which is the name of the <laughs> talk show and princess diaries and we are so creative on a daily basis and we went to school for creativity basically for pr yeah, i don't know what major it was like being creative and thinking out of the box i don't know what the issue was and we sat on it for like a month but here we are <laughs> But you know what? That's a lesson learned. Like if you want to do something and you're passionate about something, you just have to dive right in. You can't wait for everything to be perfect. And you guys are along this journey with us and we're figuring it out as we go, just like all of you. So just go with it is honestly really fitting. Maybe it's not the most clever, but I'm learning to love her. In about five years, we'll rebrand. We have an excellent episode coming out on Tuesday with a guest. So get ready for that. I'm about to tell Abby who the guest is. She doesn't even know yet. So get ready for that, everyone. We'll see you on Tuesday. A surprise for you and me. See you guys later. (laughs) 